Hello friends and folks and welcome back to Neutral Game, your newbie friendly fighting game podcast. I am Six Detmar from Scanline Media. And I am Real Sylvia Bear. Hello. And we're here to talk this week about months. I always do that. I always do that. Um, this month, we're here to talk about a special type of fighting game, which is versus puzzle games. Um, and specifically, we're going to talk about a couple examples because it's a pretty big genre. Um, I know as far as versus puzzle games, like what what ones have you played over time? What ones have made a mark on you? Um, well, mostly the one we're going to talk about today, but aside from those, I played a bunch of Puyo Puyo and Puyo Tetris, even though I'm not particularly good mm -hmm. at either of them. Um, and I guess, like, playing versus Tetris sometimes in Dr. Mario. Mm -hmm. You spend much time with uh, Super Puzzle Fighter? No, I have actually never played Super Puzzle Fighter. Oh, yeah, it's, I mean... It follows a lot of these similar tenets of the games we're going to be talking about, though of course it's it's mechanically a little different. But you know, these are games are all are all sort of of a kin. They all have that, you know, matching colors or or lines or whatever mechanic. You know, one on one. Um, and I think it's really interesting how they can feel very distinct, despite being so similar. Like I feel like across the the whole suite of versus puzzle games. They're generally more similar than most fighting games are to each other, but they also feel very distinct. Like, they they definitely have their own feels, you know? I, I, I think, uh, like, it's easy to say that if you're into fighting games, like, but I think that people who, for example, aren't into fighting games, but are into versus puzzle games, they'd say the exact same. Oh, yeah, like, versus puzzle games are... Like very distinct once you get into it, but like fighting games all kind of feel the same, you know. If you, unless they're mm -hmm. like really two D or three D is the only distinction a lot of people make, but I think the layman won't really be able to tell you the difference between say Blaze Blue and Guilty Gear or King of Fighters and Street Fighter. I suppose that's fair, but I feel I mean like we're like so the two games we're going to be talking about uh, this month we're going to be talking about Magical Drop Three, um, one of the games in the Magical Drop series. And Money Puzzle Exchanger, or Money Idol Exchanger, depending on your region. And those two games are... I mean, like, there, there are definitely differences, and we'll talk about them, but they're so, so, so similar, more than, I feel like, most examples across fighting game yeah. series. Yeah, definitely. Um, so as far as uh, Magical Drop 3, um, this was the first time I had ever played uh, any of the Magical Drop games. Um, so I, I understand you have a little bit more history with the series than I. Yeah, I, I don't actually remember how I came across it. I think it was just uh, when I was in an emulation binge in uh, like elementary school. And eventually I just came across Magical Drop uh, on the main emulator and played a bunch of it. Um, and... Ever since then, I've been playing it kind of on and off. I've gotten a bit more into it last year because it came out from the Switch, so I played quite often on the commute. But I haven't had too much uh, versus experience playing it. So, um, like, was Magical Drop 3 the first one you played? Uh, yes, I did try the other ones. Uh, I tried 2 and 1. Uh, they, are, they are very much inferior. Like, 1 is basically, like, going from Street Fighter 2 to Street Fighter 1. Like, that's how different they are. Um, huh. And then... Uh, I haven't played Magical Drop 4, but I played Magical Drop 5. 
but Magical Rob 5 was developed by an indie studio that got the license because um, so the game was made by Data East in uh, the 90s uh, and Magical Rob 3 was specifically 97 but uh, because Data East went bankrupt uh, the uh, IPs they had were basically up for grabs and you can kind of license them out very cheaply now so somebody attempted to make Magical Drop 5, but it wasn't really that good. Hmm. So 3 is kind of the go-to uh, for people. So, okay, as far as, as, far as like, mechanics, um, I mean, like, you, you said, like, 1 to 2 was a pretty big change, so I think probably going over what changed there would, would take take a little bit too much time. But as far as 2 to 3, what really changed that made 3 sort of the game? I, I think they the flow is much better, and I think they made the characters much more distinct. So th uh, the character choice matters a bit more in how blocks are pushed in. And in general, I just think it's like much more polished. Like I'd say it's something like, funnily enough, it's something like like you know three the Street Fighter three series. You know, compared to two, it's just like it's much smoother and much more approachable hmm. in many ways. So both of these games are sort of of the, um, both Magical Drop and uh, Money Puzzle Exchanger are of the style of puzzle games where sort of uh, blocks or tiles or whatever the case may be are advancing on you from the top of the screen, pushing down, and you are trying to make combos to keep it from reaching the bottom. Um, as far as that goes, within that basic rule set, how does Magical Drop 3 work? Um... So essentially, in Magical Drop Three, you have uh, several colors. Uh, I believe I believe it's like four colors, and uh, what you do is you control a little gesture at the bottom of the screen, and that uh, gesture uh, basically takes uh, a stack of the same color from above him vertically, um, and he can take he can carry uh, any uh, stack of any size as long as it's the same color. So, for example, if you if you don't have anything in your hands and you pick up uh, a blue piece, you can pick up as many blue pieces as you want. And if there are several blue pieces connected uh, in one go when you pick them up, he picks them up all. So basically, you're kind of just uh, stacking the same color, and then you throw it. Uh, then you move around left and right, and then throw it in a straight line all at once. Um, and how it works is when you throw the uh, pieces, if they make a uh, three, uh, like a th connect three and a vertical line, then at least like a, a three, uh, then they vanish. But also any piece of the same color that they are touching, uh, as long as it's not diagonally, so if it's like, you know, next to it, like left, right, or further down, uh, that also vanishes. And then that causes a chain reaction where uh, all the pieces, like gravity, pulls them upwards. So if those pieces that move make a new uh, Connect 3, then that also vanishes, and then you can kind of just keep chaining that. Um, and while you're doing this, you don't really wait for a combo to resolve. Uh, it's not really like, say, like Puyo Puyo, where you make a match and you just wait for everything to fall down. Uh, you still have control, so you're making you can make new matches in parallel while other matches are still being resolved, uh, and that's how you also combo. So like you can combo either by actually making a chain reaction or just matching extremely fast. And that's one of those dynamics for both of these games that I found like when I first started getting into uh, Money Puzzle Exchanger is like it's really essential to getting good 
but it also I feel like feels kind of counterintuitive because just the 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 game feel like the the, the visual and sound effects associated with combos are really satisfying. And it just feels instinctive to sort of sit back and watch your work. Like if you set up a good combo, sit back and watch it unfold. But you cannot do that. You have to keep attacking. Yeah, uh, it's it's a very aggressive game. Um, like uh, rounds go lightning fast. Um, as you saw when we played, actually. But mm-hmm. uh, you can like lose, uh, whether you're a player or you're playing against CPU, uh, like a round can last three or four seconds like it can go that like fast um like if you're very unlucky um Mm -hmm. but uh kind of another way to win is if both players are going really fast because essentially what happens is if i make enough combos uh i will send more pieces on your end and they will push your board downwards but before my combo is resolved you can start counter matching uh, and kind of negate that combo and push stuff towards me instead. So to kind of prevent this endless race uh, and magical drop, what they do is uh, they have a quota. So if you manage to remove 150 pieces first, uh, you win. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I found it... Um, so um, the second game we're going to talk to doesn't have anything like this. And I found it a really interesting distinction where, like, especially when I was starting to get used to... Like, once I... F- started to get a handle on magical drop there'd be games that would like rounds that would end and i would be surprised that they had ended right it'd be like what no i'm fine it's like oh quota right um and i think it's a good system for sure but it also feels it can make some of the endings feel a little abrupt sometimes yeah it feels like a like like a timer but because the game Mm -hmm. uh because the game moves so fast, it's not really like a fighting game timer where you can, you know, timer scam or like you can notice it and then counterplay it. It's more just like, no, this person is just playing like faster and matching faster than you. So it's just you have to like stay up to speed. I would almost consider it something like a like like a gear check at a certain point. Like once you get to the point where you can successfully hold someone off, it's like no, as you say, like to prevent a stalemate, it's just sort of like, no, we're going to reward the person who's better at matching more faster. Even if they can't overwhelm you, it's just like, this is a way, a second way that they're going to win just because we have to have a winner and we're going to sort of punish you for not being fast enough. Yeah, and I, I also wonder how much of that was like, you know, through playtesting, they saw that there was uh, a lot of very long matches and... Like, this game is extremely hectic. Like, I'll be honest, if you had that speed for five minutes straight without a breather, I think most people would just be way too overloaded from it. Uh, But Mm -hmm. also, it's an arcade game, so, you know, most arcade games have some sort of timer to prevent uh, prevent people from camping the machine. Sure, sure. Um, So, one one of the things that kind of... And again, this is true for both of the games we're going to talk about, but... Uh, one of the things that kind of bothered me, especially, I guess, in Magical Drop, just because I wasn't as used to Magical Drop, was, um, so the rule is, as you say, you have a you have a line of three uh, vertically, and that will trigger, uh, you know, a, a combo, that'll trigger a, a clear, but um, in both of these games, there's sort of this idea of, like, motion is the spark, right? Like, if you have, if you have the board, and there is a line of three vertically, there's a line of five vertically, it won't trigger on its own. 
you have to like you have to add to it or move something near it for it to trigger it will not on its own start to combo um and combine that with the fact that yeah it's it's three vertically only you can have like seven horizontally and it won't do anything um and i found it it took me quite a few number of games to get a sense for just like an intuitive sense for when something would trigger because i felt like i would set up combos and then they wouldn't combo yeah, I, I think uh, part of that is um, due to like a uh, low number of colors that they have. So when the board is pushing new pieces towards you, uh, it's very likely that it'll push uh, like you know four in a in the same vertical row. Um, mm-hmm. So what the game expects you to do in that case is like do a freebie match because like let's say you have like four blues uh, uh, on the board that like haven't triggered, they just spawn that way. You can literally just press the pull button, pull that uh, stack, and immediately uh, shoot it back, and then it will match. So it's kind of like a very mm-hmm. quick match you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but of course, like when it's buried or something, that can be kind of frustrating to get. I don't. I like part of me like ended up wanting something like an extra button that was just sort of like 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 a detonate button, basically, mm-hmm. which is like if there's a combo on the field that is not triggering, I could press a button to make it happen. Um, but I'm sure that would that would generate a lot of other problems in the gameplay. I'm not a game designer. It just it's to, to me it felt kind of frustrating sometimes. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I I I often think about what you could add to this game to make it uh, more interesting. And in general, like the, a super meter is like not the worst idea. Like having something like a character special. That just says you know you detonate a section or you freeze the opponent's section or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think was it called Tetris Attack Gaiden or something like that. that Tetris had... Battle Gaiden, yeah. Tetris Battle Gaiden. I think that one had supers, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it had different levels of super and yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like something like that is not really you know that on land there. So I can definitely see feeling like the game could use something else because as it is it is like a very distilled experience Mm -hmm. another thing that was frustrating to me is um with the so the characters do have different like push patterns um which is an idea i was familiar with because of uh super uh super uh puzzle fighter but in super puzzle fighter when you select the character it shows you like okay this is their push pattern and in a magical drop there's no indication of what their push pattern is yeah, it's uh that that's that's uh an issue I have with the game as well. I think the fifth game actually does show you how they push because uh mm. it, it is very specific lanes that they push. Um I am not one hundred percent sure if the color is specific that they push. Uh but I know some of them also don't push as far, but they will push frozen pieces towards you. So it'll kinda like mm. require more for you to match them. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, and there is like I know there's some like there are so there are those pieces that like have a delay around them, right? Like they have a bubble where for one turn they won't do anything, and the next turn they turn into normal pieces. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting idea because like you know on its face you're like, well, that's just extra powerful. You can just clutter someone's space up with junk, but that also lends to much bigger combos because you can sort of bury them and then when they trigger there's sort of a cascading effect so i think it's a really interesting choice yeah uh no definitely this feels in a lot of ways like a fighting game and like some of the characters are straight up better than others because like they push more aggressively um yeah. or they just are 
genuinely focused more. It seems the ones that have a very widespread of junk are actually the least effective. Um, mm-hmm. But it would be interesting if somebody you like took this with fighting game sensibilities and seeing how they would actually go about balancing the characters. Yeah. Um, and just as as far as aesthetics, one thing that took me a little bit to catch on to, but then I realized was actually kind of clever. Um, so the characters are all representatives of uh, Major Arcana from Tarot. And then you've got this clown who's like you're, you're like who you're controlling and is dropping things down. And for a while I was like, what, why is this clown here? And I was like, oh, the fool Arcana. Okay, I get it. Um, embarrassed at how long that one took me yeah well it doesn't help that there is actually a fool as a playable character as well wait what yeah Ah, okay i'm taking their credit away yeah no i think that chester is a carryover from the previous games i can't remember right off the bat um Hmm. but yeah all the characters are based on uh, uh, major arcana and starting with the third game they got extremely um fan service in a lot of the designs. Yeah, there's uh, there's some... I think the world is just like a naked la- lady with her breast covered up by a floating cloth, and then there's a lot of jiggle when she's excited. Uh, uh, yeah, she, like, okay, she, 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 she is she's the mascot of the series. Uh, she was very much more... Not much more, but she was more toned down in, I think, the first and second game, but then, like, in the third game, they just said, ah, oh, the hell with it. Well, I mean, you know. Um, one also thing I recommend, uh, by the way, um, for in front of the characters goes if you uh, if you want to play this game, I pr- I recommend the Japanese version simply because each character is voiced, whereas in the uh, U.S. or Western version, they have female voice actor and male voice actor, and then they just assign them to all the characters. All right. Well, there's a there's a clear recommendation there, and it's it's just like the obviously you should be playing the Japanese version of Windjammers. It's a proud tradition of Dadies games to have the the Japanese version be the better version because you want you want BU. He's he's the best. Exactly. All right. Well, shall we move on to our second game then, Muddy Puzzle Exchanger? Uh yeah, sure. So you're more familiar with this one. I've only really played in single. Well, that's not exactly true. I found out of this about this game by playing it in versus, but then I played single player for an extremely long time, and then I played against you this weekend. Yeah, so Money Puzzle Exchanger is a, a very similar style. You know, you're dropping dropping stuff from down below. It is themed around uh, currency exchanging magical girls, um, which is an interesting choice. I love it. Um, so you're picking you're picking different characters. Who have excellently translated names like every work, every worker, LD labor, and debt miser. Um, great, great names, and uh, they don't. They're picking them doesn't have, as far as I can tell, any effect on push pattern. I'm pretty sure everyone's identical. Um, but the rules of the game are that it's based on uh, Japanese coins. So there's um, there are uh, one yen, five yen, ten yen, fifty yen, hundred and five hundred yen coins. And so you match them according to value. So you get five, you combine five ones to get a five, but you only need two fives to make a ten. And through these, you can, you know, like, you know, five tens make a fifty, two fifties make a hundred, um, five hundreds make a five hundred, and then two five hundreds combine and they vanish off the board. 
And I think because, like, there are a few effects of this that I really like. Uh, one is that it encourages a kind of precision, because if you, you can match seven ones to get a five, but those other two are just wasted. You don't get any real bonus for doing that. So they encourage you to be precise and do the exact amount that you need if you can get away with it. Um, and then also, because it's kind of, it, it lends it a more dynamic feel because how much it takes to match something varies based on the the currency and it's only ever two or five it's not like there's this crazy variance but if you've got two fives that's really easy to get rid of um and you can set up these really interesting combos that i think are also really easy to read because because the numbers also have different colors and so i think the board becomes very very readable um yeah it, it definitely uh it, it definitely feels intimidating when you start off first because you know it reminds you of math, or it reminds you of money. Um, so okay. people are like, oh no, I have to manage my finances while playing a video game. Um, the only real like struggle I had, but I guess that comes down to getting used to it, was when you chain five uh, pieces together, knowing where the new piece would actually end up being. Because like sometimes I, right. I, th I thought I figured out where it would end up, but then I was wrong. So it spawns wherever you dropped the piece to set off the combo. Mm -hmm. So okay. if you have five, so if, if you have four ones stacked like uh, horizontally, and then you drop one on the end, the one you dropped on the end is where the five will spawn. So okay. it is entirely predictable once you get used to it. But yeah, that, you know, it's an arcade game; they don't really explain that. Yeah, but it's also like when you have the like chain reaction and you have like combos happening, then it's much harder to keep track because you know multiple pieces like kind of drop at the same time and then you have to like see mm -hmm. oh like where will this drop and then will that piece end up where i want it to be so you can kind of at least for me like maybe with more practice it'll be different but like maybe i could think of like two, like two combos ahead but after that unless i was parallel comboing it was all luck oh i could i could yeah i can do like i often didn't do it to you because i didn't have time because you were dropping smaller combos on me but I can do a five all the way up to a thousand pretty easily if I've got time. It's not, you know, once you under once you understand and are used to the way in which the matching works, it's like no, that's not that's no problem at all. Um. The but one of the things I, I so I mentioned it with uh with magical drop three and I will bring it up here again to be fair is that again you do have the issue of like the the board will push down five one hundreds and unless you drop something near them they won't combo on their own. So I'm not just gonna. <clears throat> I like Money Puzzle Exchanger more, but this is this is a this is a a something that I object to that they share. It's not just a, a magical drop thing. So um, there are also special pieces that will drop. There's uh, rank up and erase, and the way that they work is if you combine two rank ups or two erases, they will modify the the piece directly above them. So if you have two rank ups on top of a one, every one on the board will become a five. And they will match based on that. Um, so if you drop two uh, rank ups on a one, that one becomes a five, and then all the fives will of course combine based on that. That counts as like a spark to trigger combos. And then erases will erase all of that given piece. So if you drop two erases on top of a ten, all the tens on the board will disappear, and then you can trigger combos based on that. Um, it does have some scaling where like combos done via rank up or erase don't drop as much on the enemy board as natural combos because otherwise 
basically a round would end every time you got one of those combos. But, um, you know, it's a nice way, it's a nice comeback mechanic, I feel like, and a way to swing the board when a match goes too long. But also it can be a little too RNG-y. Like, I've, we had games when we were playing where both of us would go an entire round, like a, a long round, like five minutes, and neither of us would see a single opportunity to do either a rank up or an erase. Yeah, I noticed that, and I'm still not really sure whether it's uh, pure RNG or whether it's um, like something else. Because what I did notice mm. while playing, uh, the way they push down uh, patterns seem to be like oftentimes pre-designed chunks, if that makes sense. And Magical Drop does this too, mm. where it doesn't actually randomly pick, you know, okay, this lane will have this coin, this game will have this game, or have some, like, very convoluted calculation. What it actually does is, it basically has a handcrafted segment of a coin layout, and then it pushes that downwards, because after we played for a while, I could actually notice some patterns repeating, like, a bit further into the round. So I almost think that that also determines where you get a like rank up or in a race as well, like which pattern you get. Interesting. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, definitely the, the the starting pattern is I think the same for both players, but all the other ones are just mm -hmm. random. So going from like now that we've talked about both games, um, like I guess like comparing and contrasting the two experiences, like how how do you feel about like Money Puzzle Exchanger versus Magical Drop? Um, so, uh, so to me, it seems like Magical Drop just starts at the highest speed immediately. Like, there's no build-up to it. There's no, um, you know, there's no, like, slow build-up, like, in, say, like, Puyo Puyo, or, like, if you compare it to Magical Drop, like, in Magical, or, or, or Money Puzzle Exchanger, like, to that. It's more just, mm -hmm. you immediately start at the highest speed, you start matching, and it's just, like, a speed check, and how much um uh how much you can actually focus because in magical drop one thing i remember telling you was like when you were struggling i just told you just don't think about a strategy just match um and that helps a lot because one thing that happened to me a lot when i started playing was i would stop to think and it took me longer to think than it took me to act and magical drop definitely just favors like reacting and acting more mm -hmm. uh yeah and like at that point when we were playing, I hadn't won any rounds, and you said that, and I immediately won the next round. Yeah. So. It is, it is definitely just a get-in-the-zone type of game. Um, I feel like Money Puzzle Exchanger is much slower-paced at the start. Like, when you have this kind of, like, prep phase, it's it's almost like when you play a real-time strategy. Like, you kind of just have this, okay, this is, this is the map, Start building up your strategy, start building up, you know, your funds and all that stuff. Um, but then when one person goes on the aggressive, that's where you just go all in and then start going on the aggressive as well. Um, and like you said, like I, I, I did a lot of like slow match, uh, slow matches and like kept like bombarding you with like very small amounts of junk. But uh, it's also like it goes the other way around. You can also just make a like a setup for a very big combo and then as soon as your opponent triggers their combo you start triggering yours and then it goes like the back and forth until one person eventually just doesn't have a match mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with your assessment that Magical Drop 3 is more of just, like, an all-out, like, just racing back and forth, like, like pure, like, rushdown, basically, on, on both sides. Whereas I think Money Puzzle Exchanger has more of an ebb and flow to it. Um, and personally, I mean, like, you know, I think part of what you like is going to be determined by what you played more of first, and I played more Money Puzzle Exchanger first. But I also just really like the pace of Money Puzzle Exchanger. I like the fact that the that it is not just constantly one tempo and it's shifting and there's sort of a build and a release and i find that really satisfying yeah my puzzle changer definitely has i think a more like classic puzzle game pace um i i i def i i always like personally prefer magical drop because i started up with that one first but also playing magical drop for an extended period of time is extremely stressful um like when i was at MacFest uh like this year uh, there was a Magical Drop Arcade cabinet, and I played against some really good players. Um, one of those players basically said, this is too stressful, I can't play anymore, and just left. And, like, they were extremely good. Um, mm-hmm. And I, in general, just, you know, I could maybe do, like, ten minutes of games, and then I was just done. Like, I couldn't do it anymore, my heart couldn't handle it. Yeah, it's very draining. Yeah. Whereas Money Puzzle Exchanger, I feel like, because it has that buildup... And then it has that one tense like climax where the back and forth starts. Then when the new round starts, it's kind of like you know easing you back in again. So it's much much better for extended play sessions. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's a pot pattern across my my like of competitive games that it's like I like games that ha- have those those quiet moments and stuff. Like I like Dragon Ball Fighters more than I like Marvel because while they're very similar, Dragon Ball has built-in moments of quiet built-in moments of peace and moments to consider or like i like dota because dota very much is about the build and then you know the the climax moment and then you know the settling the like the falling action um i am not good emotionally or just skill wise at games where it is just on and it never lets go yeah no i can definitely see that it almost feels like uh every puzzle there's there's a versus puzzle game for every type of person Mm. yeah yeah, for sure. So, how do you how would you compare this to uh, your standard issue versus fighting games? Like, do you think that people who enjoy fighting games could enjoy these types of puzzle games? I definitely think so, and I definitely like. I think we 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 just said it, but it's like I think you compare it a lot to how you like playing games. Like, I'd like to, for example, I'm going to take my friend Jennifer. My friend Jennifer plays rushdown characters and when she doesn't play a rushdown character because it's a character she like has a particular attachment to she finds a way to make them a rushdown character she just rushdown is her thing and i think to that mindset magical drop 3 is way more natural because it's just this game about like relentless pressure and aggression um whereas uh money puzzle exchanger like none of these games actually have a true neutral game because it's the the concept of interacting with the other person's board is so nebulous and so like you have so few ways of interacting but it has a feel like a a pace closer to more of a neutral game style it has more of a like a building and a positioning and so i think if you're sort of a person who wants to like control space or like do setups. I feel like Buzzy Money Puzzle Exchanger is closer to that style of play. And then there are other puzzle games we can get into, like like Puzzle Fighter, which is actually a really good representation of like Street Fighter style. Um, and you know like Poyo Poyo and just various various styles that we'll we'll probably talk about in the future on a future podcast. But 
Um, so for Money Puzzle Exchanger and for Magical Drop, it's sort of classic neutral game versus rushdown but there are if those don't fit you there are other games out there for you yeah and i definitely think it's always good to consider these type of games uh because you can kind of get the same like feeling from them you get from fighting games like that same itch but it's much easier to convince somebody to play i feel like like your standard issue person like a puzzle game than a fighting game simply because you know you know, Tetris is the most popular game in the world, so you know people will figure out the rules and get into it. And it's very much a time spent playing uh, equals how skillful you end up being type of genre, but with a low barrier to entry. Did you know that? Did you know that Next Generation magazine said that Magical Drop One was as fun and addictive as sex after lunch? I did not know this. Uh-huh. Um uh which I'm that's a just the way that's written. I don't want to judge about game reviewers and the type of person, but just the way that's written, I don't think that's a thing that person has had. Yeah. No, I I would also I would not describe that game like a, like that definitely. But uh so even if you don't like sex after lunch, I think we would still recommend uh, both of these games. I, I lean towards Money Puzzle Exchanger, you lean towards Magical Drop, but try them both. See what works for you. Try try all these games, because as you say, they're a great way to get people who are a little intimidated by fighting games into games that are basically just fighting games. Yes, uh, and if you want to know where you can get these games, if you want to play uh, them on a console, you can get both games on the Switch. Uh, they're both released as... Uh, I th- think there's like arcade classics re-releases, um, mm-hmm. and uh, those come with both versions of the game, both uh, Western and Japanese. So you can play however you like. Um, they do not. I do not believe they have online play. But if you do want to play online uh, with people, uh, Fightcade is always an option if you're okay with that, uh, because both games are supported in Fightcade, and because Fightcade doesn't have that much latency it's extremely playable probably even more playable than the fighting game because it's you know a puzzle game mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah you're not gonna get any one frame links in magic well maybe in magical drop magical drop can be pretty mean sometimes yeah i i'm joking i've, I'm I've joking. had i've had the i had the rollback net code mess me up one or two times <laughs> uh but other than that it's you know considering i can play with somebody on the other side of the planet i think it's a pretty fine compromise absolutely all right well i think that's it for for us this month uh mia drog where can people find you upon the internet um so you can check me out on twitter.com slash mdkii that's mdk roman numeral two um and there you can find a pen with all the other venues of contact uh but also if you watch video game streams you can find me on twitch.tv slash real bear where I stream various playthroughs and I let people dress up pixelated bears and put hats on them. And where can people right. find you, Six? Uh, if you want to find me on the internet, the best place is also twitter.com. That's uh, for Six Detmar, S-A-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. Um, but if you want to, if you want to go the, the route of like, Hey, let's, let's support this idiot. You can go to patreon.com slash scanline media and support me and my friend Jennifer and our creative works there. And you will be rewarded for your efforts. I'm not going to give you the full pitch, but you know, check it out. Well, 
I say that's it. Well, thank you all for uh, listening in, and we will see you next month. Bye. Peace.